everybody. Welcome to Defy Convention. I'm Emily Lonegro, founder and owner of Lime Red. This podcast features our friends and clients who break boundaries, challenge the status quo, take risks, and make big change. Lime Red is a 16-year-old design agency that's a B Corp and has always been committed to social justice and impact since day one. This podcast is an incarnation of our BC, that's before coronavirus, in-person series dedicated to the same ideas of breaking boundaries and defying convention. Recently, when we talked to people about what they wanted in a podcast series, everyone said, we wanna talk about mental health, boundaries, justice, and momentum. These ideas matter no matter who you are, and we need to talk about them right now. Let's get started. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Defy Convention. Today, we have with us Corey Ames, who I met a long time ago, who originally interviewed me for his podcast. Uh, Corey is the co-founder and CEO of Grow Ensemble. It's an impact marketing and media company on a mission to make sustainable business and more sustainable living the norm. He is also the host of the Social Entrepreneurship and Innovation Podcast, where he interviews leaders in the space of better business and social impact. Thank you for joining us, Corey. Thank you so much for for having me, Emily. I'm I'm very grateful that you've chosen to host me now this time. I know, this is kind of fun. The circle is complete, right? That's right. (laughs) Um, Yeah, like we met because you were looking for people who were in the sustainable business or the conscious business conscious, sustainable, ethical, whatever you want to call it, business arena. We've been doing that for a long time, but everybody, I think everybody in this business, at least now had like a pre-career where Mm -hmm. we were doing things and we had this like come to Jesus moment. We thought I can't do this anymore. Um, That's kind of the whole basis for this podcast of like, I had a life, I saw a thing, the thing was terrible. I said no more. And now I do something differently. And, you know, You've been in a lot of different places in digital marketing and media uh, over the years, and you've seen a lot of stuff, and you've inter- probably interviewed just a zillion people and have a wide perspective. Where do you see either convention then or now, and what are you doing to change things? For, for me, I, I think that there's something of a, a paradigm shift um, in my, my perspective of how it was that I was to, to use my time. Uh, my my hours every day and my creative and cognitive skills. Uh, in the last business that I was I was working for is a digital marketing agency that oddly serves dental practices all over the, oh. the U.S. and Canada. Uh, it was my my first uh, jump into digital marketing. Generally speaking, as a fast growing company, I came on as like the fourth employee and was given something of a promise to like you know come work for us. We'll teach you everything that we know from the the two co-owners and, you know, throw, you know, as many challenges and and learning experiences at you that you can possibly handle. And so, you know, obviously I excitedly jumped into that and and took them up on their offer. And I learned kind of the full suites of of digital marketing skills and strategies. And then as well, like more holistically thinking about how to run a business, how to grow a business. Uh, and ultimately, I, I worked my way up to, to uh, the CEO position of that company, which was at the time serving like 100 or so clients and a couple million dollars in revenue. And uh, at that position was really the, the point in which I, I kind of 
saw the, the curtain pulled back on exactly how this business was run. It was something more of a, a traditional business, uh, uh, you know, as we might think about it. Uh, the books were closed, you know, so there was no kind of wide open transparency or disclosure with how much money the business was collecting, where that was going, what it was being spent on. Sure. And so for the very first time, uh, I was getting the full purview of it, you know, looking at the, the uh, profit and loss statements going line by line, understanding how much money the owners took home in the business. And then as well, you know, what that, that meant for the staff and what we invested in client services. And so on its face, you look, you'd look at the P&L and say, oh, this is a very healthy, successful business. But at the same time, I was having conversations with the staff who was at that point reporting to me, you know, saying that, like, you know, we're not making enough. We're not making competitive yeah. pay. You know, we don't have benefits yet, these sorts of things. And I felt this bind between, you know, like what I was seeing on this other side and these conversations I was having with, you know, now the two owners who are kind of phasing out of the business at the time. And then who I was talking with, the staff, the team that's working with me. On, on all these endeavors, I felt like I couldn't say the exact same things that I was saying in these meetings with the owners as I was saying to the staff and the explanations for why people weren't getting paid the way that they should and you know what's competitive, why they weren't getting the benefits. Uh, it, it, and it all very quickly started to feel just so uh, out of alignment. With dirty. <laughs> dirty. Dirty. Yeah, I, I, I remember that feeling. I knew, I, I remember that from my digital marketing agency time. It was rough. Mm. You could just see the difference in lifestyle of like the people in charge and the people do the work. And I knew that I was getting paid just garbage. Yeah. Just And just like doing so much. And so much of my time was being sucked up. And then, yeah, to have to, what an amazing perspective. I mean, you were really young then, but like, I mean, not, you're still young. We're all, <laughs> we're all still very young, everybody. But like, that's a huge wow what a great thing to be able to see both sides and then to feel like you can't tell kind of anybody the truth right like mm. i don't know what did that do to you what did that make you think about uh it, it sent me into in you know in a quarter life crisis at that point yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's certainly an existential crisis of i invested so much of my energy and effort because i mean as you mentioned it was it was a grind it was a hustle it was hard work and it was so very stressful yeah. and I had invested so much time and energy and as well just kind of like belief into all the skills that I was trying to cultivate, both of entrepreneurship and running a business and as well marketing and sales and those sorts of things. I was like, you know, these are the skills that I'm going to harness and wield. And then I came to this point of like, like what does it even matter? You know, like yeah. it, because it, yeah. it felt so out of alignment with like, I, I don't like, I, I certainly did not like the feeling of working with a team and feeling as if I am someone different than them, that our statuses are, are somewhat different, that I am privileged to particular information or as well, you know, resources that they may not be. And feeling, you know, unequal in that way with the, the people that I worked with, I'm like, I just don't, I really question like, is, is there a way in which entrepreneurship and business can be done ethically, like in a way that, you know, just not conceptually, ethically of being like, it's a win-win for everybody. Yeah, know, that's, well, that's marketing, more. right? <laughs> right. It's almost never a win-win for everybody. That's just somebody convincing you that your sacrifice is a win for you. Exactly. It usually isn't. 
Right. And I, and I, I tried to, like, I really wanted to sort through, like, not just conceptually feeling, feeling, you know, it, it, it's, there's an ethical way of doing business, but like, it feels that it is, you know, that I feel to myself that this is in alignment with my values and things I believe, how I feel about other humans and how humans should generally be treated. Uh, so it really, and that's ultimately what left to, led to my resignation uh, to where I, I went through more of, you know, kind of the existential kind of depths and woes and that kind of thing. But <laughs> yeah, it really like questioned the foundation of like, man, I've spent so much time and energy in learning this stuff, envisioning like a, a career and life in such a way uh, to where I'm like, man, did I just waste a, a, a few years there on, on that sort of yes. thing? Yes. I was young, 22 or 24 or something like that too. And I was like, wait a second, did I just spend a whole bunch of time just learning how to sell people trash? Like generally either stuff they don't actually need, stuff they're just convinced that they need because they're afraid of losing something Mm -hmm. or is like everything that I do based on fear. Like, and it is, are all these things that we're selling going to just ultimately end up in a garbage dump? Like, Mm -hmm. It was, yeah, I remember that. I was like, there's got to be something else because this isn't, you know, marketing, design, branding, you know, all this stuff is, is important, but it can be used for some really evil stuff. I mean, mm. we've seen that in politics and, and business and everything, oh, yeah. but are you, there was just the big lawsuit actually about the Kinsey selling basically mm. got had to pay this huge settlement because they consulted with pharma companies to help them sell you know, drugs to people that they got, you know, ended up dying. And I mean, you can, you can really do some terrible damage. And I mean, you're, you're not, you weren't doing that and neither was I, but yeah, you kind of have that moment of like, wow, did I just, should I be doing something completely different with my life? Should I be a horticulturist? Should I be in social services? Like, yeah, it's a hard reconciliation when you have this like inner drive to do something good with your life, yeah. but your skill is a thing that could be twisted into doing something not so great, right? Mm-hmm. It's a tough thing to think about. So where did you, so, okay, so you resigned and then and then had another existential crisis. <laughs> like what happened? Well, I, I just went deeper into it, I suppose. Um, mm-hmm. And really kind of right, right before it, I met um, who had now become my wife, uh, Annie, there. And, and she's definitely, you know, I, I consider her my heart. You know, I, I follow her wherever she goes because I trust her, her intuitions, values and, and principles and how she thinks about the world and people. And so she's been she's been quite influential as to you know, how, how I should explore using what are my capacities, my ambitions, my aspirations uh, to, to uh, make something of a positive impact on the world, you know, as kind of a general that is. So I spent a lot of time sorting. I, I, you could ask her, I picked up maybe like a hundred different project ideas of like, I'm going to learn photography. I'm going to be a, you know, freelance photographer, like all this kind of stuff. Like, trying to, you know, start my own blog, all the, like all these kind of things. I went on five walks a day with the dog, you know, really trained the dog, our first dog, we have two now. The first one really <laughs> trained well, the second one not so much. a dog but... trainer and a photographer, right. <laughs> That's right. So I just, I picked up a lot of things and then put them down because nothing exactly stuck. Um, and ultimately, you know, kind of coming to terms with the fact of like, these are still skills that I have, you know, and if I'm going to be committed to, to using them and finding where I can use them, 
uh, in the realm of, you know, doing good, broadly speaking, like, how do I do that? And it was actually her who um, encouraged me to check out the, the certified B Corporation community. Originally. Oh, yeah. And so yeah. ultimately after maybe, it's maybe like nine, like maybe a full year, like nine, 12 months of starting and stopping so many different things, I saw the uh, B Corporation community had their annual champions retreat in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And it was about a month away. And so I emailed the organizers and asked if they needed any volunteers. And that was, it changed everything for me. So all the time. What did you do there? I have to Uh, be totally honest. I've been to B Corp for like, I don't know, seven or eight years. I've never gone to a champion's retreat. I'm busy. I have kids. Like I just could never, I'm like, they need to do a champion's retreat, but then have a kid's champion's retreat so that Mm. the kids can be occupied all day. So I don't have to pay for babysitter. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wouldn't that be the best? Like let's get them early. I'm surprised oh, they should do that. Okay, yeah. now I got it. That's the most fun. <laughs> okay, so what were, what did you do? Uh, I helped with registration. I did set up and take down for different, you know, breaks, meals, and that kind of stuff. And just, you know, essentially, Corey, go do this, this, and this. And I, you know, go do whatever they told me. Move chairs, move tables, sign people up, make sure they got their badges, all that kind of good stuff. But you know, that's a wonderful way to explore new career opportunities because one, I got to go to the conference for free and their thing was like, Hey, I told them like, I'm so interested in this community, explain what this is about. Cause you know, by looking at looking into the B corporation community, I was like, wow, maybe this is my group, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so the, the organizers were, were super generous and like, we want you to experience as much of the conference as you can, you know? So Hopefully you can do at least half of it, if not more, you know, as a normal attendee would. And I did, I got to go to, you know, breakout sessions, the evening events and all that kind of stuff. Talk to all these, these uh, folks, different businesses, business leaders. And I, I, I remember calling Annie, like the first night in, I was like, I think these are my people. You know, I think this, yeah. I think this is my group. Like these are people in business who are not so much thinking about, you know, profit and money. It's like they are genuinely a part of the movements in which they are, you know, connected to uh, using business as a vehicle, as opposed to focusing on being in business for the sake of business and, and what that can do for themselves personally. So it was, it was inspiring. And then that, that's, it was shortly thereafter to where officially founded Grow Ensemble and the podcast and, and those sorts of things. It was two months after I believe, because it's in October and started Grow Ensemble officially like in January of 2019. Nice. Oh, so you had a year before a pandemic. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, went, they held that off till year, year two for me. Yeah, that was, that was a, well, yeah, that was a bonkers time. But, you know, there's so much more talking even, I think, honestly, just looking at this pandemic, and I know it's been awful. So many people have died. It's been, it's been, definitely a reckoning for us but there's been so much more talking about let's change these systems like let's change these ways of things that we do and I I was I had my hand up I'm like hey we've been doing this for 17 years like we have Mm -hmm. been I founded this in our company and like and after some anti-war stuff that I was doing in 2003 and four and I was just like this can't be what your life should be about it's about marketing and selling nonsense. So I'm just really glad that there's been a lot more talking about what we're both trying to do. It's been, it's like kind of feeling good a little bit that 
maybe, yeah, maybe we don't need to grind and run ourselves crazy for what, you know, I think that's the question is like, well, well, why, or what are we working toward? Really? Are we working mm -hmm. toward, we've obviously seen that the bottom can fall out at any moment. I mean, it did. And here we are all, we're all, a lot of us are still here and we're still doing this work and it's a lot, but it's been, yeah, even like in, in our business, I mean, I still think about these things all the time. Like we're still inching our way to making uh, just the other day, actually. I, and I like to think about the internal processes or like the systems that we participate in and like how they are biased. And my lawyer, my business lawyer, I just, I love her, but I said, you know, I think it's time to redo our contracts. I think we need to take a look at the language and how we're, again, and how we're talking about our relationships and how we formalize those relationships. I don't want them to be like, I tell you what to do and you're stuck. Like I, I did a long, a long time ago, I did away with a lot of, a lot of documents, but just the name master service agreement. I didn't even think, cause I call it an MSA, but just that name has to change. It's just like the, all these feelings and contexts and connotations around just certain words and things like, I mean, we've been a B Corp and been social justice forever. I didn't even think about it. And, mm -hmm. and like, of course, like, why, why that seems like something I would have thought about. Cause we think about all these other things, but yeah, it's just this inside out kind of approach too. And pretty soon, I think, I think my lawyer and I are going to do a, a kind of podcast or some kind of talk about those, like, how does your brand get represented in, in these internal processes and internal documents and things that you do to represent your business ethics? Like these are really important things to you. And I think that all of us talking about these things and at the same time, I think it can't, I mean, it definitely isn't going to hurt, but I'm just glad that you guys, and you, and you recently got married to Annie. I heard mm -hmm. you told me before we started recording, which is exciting. So now you're, you're really in this, <laughs> like you can't escape. You're in this like social business together. Are you guys, what are you guys planning? I mean, what happened last year and what are you planning for 2021? What happened to you after a year in business? pandemic mm -hmm. got married in a pandemic what like what did you have planned for 2020 and what well, happened when those plans sort of got exploded <laughs> i mean there there were a few different things that we were supposed to be doing so she's enrolled in a master's program uh at the the fletcher school tufts university in boston and so we're actually supposed to be in boston right now um She's, she deferred a semester. She's now starting uh, remotely. So that was a whole thing. We were supposed to move out of San Antonio, Texas, uh, but we ended up sticking around here and buying a house. Uh, oh. And yeah, so quite, quite the, the transformation uh, on that. But as far as uh, Grow Ensemble and, and our work there, I mean, we, we made the, the wise decision to, you know, really kind of tweak our existing, tweak is maybe even a light word to like really kind of overhaul our existing business model. Uh, because we, we started in 2019 to where it was predominantly you know, more agency-based, more services-based, to where providing the, the skill sets of search engine optimization and content marketing to other businesses in this space. That was kind of the first thought of like, what are the skills that we have? What can we do for this community? And hopefully you know, provide some, some value and, and use. But after that, uh, and inspired a lot by the podcast, our own uh, production with our, our social good blog, the thing that we've really felt uh, driven to do is just continue to, to document and create as much content as we possibly can. 
So we've shifted a little bit to be something of like a media company more so than an agency. And so it was like all the things that, you know, we had been doing for, for other businesses, we just concentrated it all into really kind of running our own engine with Grow Ensemble. So we expanded the production on the blog, the podcast went from once weekly to twice weekly, we've been doing a weekly wow. newsletter, and we're going to be uh, uh, setting up video production this year as well to, to get more active on, on YouTube. But everything for us is really kind of just about running that content engine, because that's how we've been able to build and attract a community around Grow Ensemble. So we had, I mean, at, at the 2020, all things considered, it was like the you know, massive growth for our community. We were able to see just about 80,000 folks to our site at the end of last year. Right. And that's continuing to, to grow month after month. So for us, it was interesting, the pandemic, and maybe inspired by it, because you know a lot of things went out the window of like, okay, honing into like, where are our sweet spots? Where do we feel like we can sustain, you know, really meaningful uh, uh, kind of full efforts for the, the longest haul? Um, you know, where do we feel like we can make the greatest impact over the long term? And that kind of led to the change in our, our business model uh, as to, to how we run things with Grow Ensemble. I'm so glad that you've kept it together, which is the thing that when we, when we were looking at how to refit Defy Convention from an in-person event and we were like, oh, we could just keep going and what do people want to hear about? And everybody wanted to know though, I've heard so many stories about um, from most of my community is business owners, right? Mm -hmm. And like every other day, <laughs> not every other day, but maybe once a week, I'm like, you know, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. Or what if I did something, what else would I even do? But I really feel like this is why I've been put on this planet to do this work that I do and do this, you know, in sort of infusion of purpose and profit. But you, you're, you're a younger business. How do you, how do you not give up? Like, how do you take, and now that you're working with your wife, which is mm -hmm. awesome. How do you, both of you like separate from the business or like, close the door like literally do you close the door and then have time for yourself like how do you keep it from running into every corner of your life or how do you keep from you know wanting to give up or change course or do something different entirely um because i've seen, you know we've saw a lot of businesses fail this year and mm. and a lot of people say like i'm gonna i'm gonna move to the middle of nowhere and raise goats or do something di totally different like i'm so out of this game what do you do to keep it, stay in the game? Mm. Well, certainly not perfect <laughs> in, that, in, <laughs> right. in that regard. And uh, this, this last year has made that, you know, even more acutely challenging to do so. But, you know, physical barriers are very important for one, you know, like mm -hmm. it is nice to have some sort of proper workspace. You know, we were very grateful and, and privileged to have that, to have, you know, little offices in our, in our house to where, shut things down, literally shut off the computer, you know, actually go through the shutdown routine. Don't just, you know, put it really? in. Mode. Oh, yeah, I I, you're way better than me. I just, that's like, a big step away. for me. Big <laughs> step for me. Cause then it's like, I think about returning to it maybe later in the evening. I'm like, I'd have to turn the whole thing back on. You know, I'm like, that's going to take what 90 <laughs> seconds. I don't have time for that. That's a great trick. That's really good. And then I hear my, my like calendar invite bling, mm. 10 30. Oh God. Oh God. It creeps back in. You're that's resilient. Yeah, though there's there's you know little tweaks and triggers and things like that. And of course those aren't you know particularly perfect, but 
Uh, it is so much about like being very committed to make the things that make each of us feel healthy and like kind of more connected to ourselves and each other and like just living in the world. It's like, let's prioritize those things. They're either a priority or they're not. And so for us, you know, that's getting outside. So we make sure, and you know, we're getting on, on trails and stuff here around San Antonio. Oh, that's right. You're in Texas, not in Chicago. Yeah. It's yeah. like a foot of snow. Well, I'm, you know, I'm from Washington state. So it's like, it's nice to, I love visiting the snow, but I, I don't like living in the snow so much. So I get the best of both worlds there every time. Oh, I right. And you were supposed to be in Boston and you would have really gotten handed to you. Well, I mean, so there, you're right though. Getting outside every day is, is it, that's, it's been sunny and beautiful. Just feeling it on your face is just, it's a, it's recharging. Yeah. It's, it's super important. And I, it, you know, I notice like my, myself feel just more relaxed. It's like anxiety over the week or whatever dissipates, uh, for us as well. It's, it's very important to set and attempt to, although it's, you know, we're not perfect with it to set a particular end time for work, because of course, you know, with so many of us just working at home, so easy for that to just meld into, you know, so much of the evening to where you accidentally work till 7 PM, 8 PM or whatever. You know, it's like, whether it's five or six or whatever it is, it's like setting, like I can only get so much done in a single day and I have to be yeah. okay with that. And not every day is, is perfect, productive or effective, but I am done at five today. I'm done at six today. Or, you know, sometimes on Friday we're done earlier and we make sure I, oh, get it I, I don't even really work on Friday anymore. I just, I can't, I, not I, worth it. I don't know. I've had to really cut down on my time, like three mm. 30, yeah well I also have two kids like they're gonna definitely need to eat so I'm not gonna be able to work all the time and I just don't really have the energy anymore for it it just it mm. just it just disappeared last year and I don't I don't mind I don't really mind I like what? I like this belt this is a better balance really it's take it takes a lot more time to recharge than it ever did I mean you mentioned earlier like what well, you know what is it all really for you know yeah. <laughs> is it is it uh, uh, you know, just to, to absolutely work ourselves into the ground or like, are, are there things like, especially with considering, you know, considering more holistically, like the, the fact that, you know, we're more productive uh, in the sense of like countries and economies than we ever have been. I mean, you know, this, con this context specifically in the pandemic is different, but we've continued to increase this productivity year after year after year, but we're continuing mm -hmm. to work more and more and more. And so like a, a book that, that really kind of changed my mind on this um, is by like a Dutch historian, Rutger Bregman. Uh, he's kind of became a little bit famous for some comments he made at, at Davos a couple of years back, but his book, Utopia for Realists, is huh. like balancing all these things of like, look, look at all of this that we've apparently created. Um, he's socialist guy you know, living in, in uh, Holland and, um, like what, what, what is it all really for? You know, if we've become so productive, why is that not equating to uh, shorter work weeks for people, right. you know, or expanding all the, the, the benefits and, and securities that we would hope, you know, we would have in a country like America, but it is this kind of challenge to think like, what is the point of all of it? And, you know, looking at things that might be some sort of impending fear of automation or technological innovation, it's like, perhaps that's can be looked at as a way to free us up from, you know, doing work, uh, that that perhaps we we shouldn't do, you know, to explore other pursuits, uh, things that are maybe more, you know, well-rounded or artistic or you know, liberal arts types type type pursuits. 
Um, just, you know, for the sake of challenging how we think about like what, what, you know, work for work's sake, like what's the point of it, I suppose. I would love for everyone to check out Corey's stuff. It's Grand Ensemble. Um, there's all, you also have your personal website, coreyames.com. That's A-M-E-S. And Corey, thanks again. You're like a, a podcast superstar and I wish you and your wife all the best in 2021. We'll see what happens and we'll probably just have to catch up and see what happened in a year. That's right. Well, thank you so much, Emily. I, I appreciate the opportunity to be here. All right. All right, everybody. Thanks. And we'll see you soon.